0: Hello, and welcome to Living Word Ministries, where everyone is a winner. Join us as we rightly divide the word of truth.
1: In Jesus' name, amen. Now, um, about a couple of weeks ago, I had a couple come over to the house to help out. With some applications at home, um, I wasn't able to connect my laptop to a new printer. And you know, they—they were—they were kind enough. From your no, they were from my family church, Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Frimpong. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they were—you know—they were gracious enough to come over and help me. And within probably five minutes. Mrs. Frimpin was able to sort it out and you know start printing. And you know, while we were chatting, Sam asked me if I'd registered for the event for worship night. And I'm like, oh, no, I haven't registered because I didn't realize how to register. I said, Do we all have to register? He said, Yes. I said, okay, fine. How do I do it? He said, um, you need to download the application. I thought, wow, another app. So know anyway, I went ahead, downloaded the application and, you know, registered, went ahead and registered dad, registered mom, you know, registered the people that I needed to register. And, you know, it just really got me thinking, you know, and at that point, I just sat down and thought, you know, at my age, I felt I knew a little bit of the techie world, you know, for someone my age. And I thought, you know, there's just so much information overload. That by the time you feel you've got to grips with one, you know, there's another out there. And you're having, it's almost like you're chasing the wind. And, you know, God said to me, you know, that is actually um, a message for you. And if you hang tight, you'll see where we're going with this. You know, when I started to think about it, I thought of little Ezekiel, who is the youngest baby. He you should know. No. Um, Zaphaniah is the youngest baby in the church, and I was thinking of all these babies, and I thought, you know what? Even in their young age, without having a mobile phone, they've already experienced the application world. Because from the time their moms are pregnant and they go to the hospital, there are equipments that are used, and these are all based on applications. And, you know, I will go through some slides and just have a look at how there's been such a transition of, you know, the application world and how it does impact on our Christian lives. And I said, let's go to the first one. Amen. It says life's a journey, and everyone, every single one of us revolve or are involved around the mobile app. And that's for each one of us, no matter if you're, you know, it's either either you like it or not. You're drawn into it. And, you know, that really got me thinking that if we're going to be drawn into it, we might as well learn about it. And learn, you know, the pros and the cons of it and where, you know, we need to avoid. And that was how this message came about. So what is it about the mobile app world? Why is it so popular? Who knows why? I mean, I've just written a few there, but I mean, I did a bit of a research, and at every point in time, right, there's 1.5 million, for Android users, 1.5 million applications available. For iPhone, Apple users, there's 1.6 applications at every point in time that you can download. So that means that to the average person like me, there's, what, 68 or maybe 50? If you're much a bit older than me and you haven't got that many, you don't use that many apps. And probably to the younger ones, I don't know how many they've got on their phones. I'm not even going to ask. But question is, why has it become so popular to the point that people wake up in the middle of the night and the first thing they pick on is Facebook? or Twitter, or Instagram, or WhatsApp, or Snapchat, and these things, I I mean, let's let's be honest, it's taking over our lives. The minute I finish my devotion in the morning, and you know what, I do get tempted, and I have to talk to myself and say, hang on, you need to speak to God first. WhatsApp is not the first thing I need to go on to Facebook. And you hear the ping, ping, ping. I mean, even when your phone is on silent, you still hear those messages silently coming in. (laughs) It's true. When you go, when you get up in the middle of the night, maybe you want a glass of water or you go to the loo, you're tempted to look at your phone. I was coming in this morning and someone was phoning I surely am blessed. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I had to say, I'm going to church. Thank you. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> so I mean, every so often, we need to actually speak to ourselves and get into that habit. So question is, why is it so popular? And it's very simple. It's because it's simple to use. It's because it's easy. It's because you know, it's almost like you can get everything you want. All you need to do is think of something, and you go to Google Play, or you go to the App Store. If there's a name for it, there's an application for it. Alright. And I did a a little bit more research, but I'm not going to go into that because that's not really the purpose of the message. But there are so many developers. As we're speaking, people are training to develop more applications. Good applications, bad applications. And talking about good applications, I have a good app, right? And that is work-related. We used to have a BB handed to us. Uh, (laughs) And... After a while, they thought, okay, you know what? Because we complained that we don't want two phones, people will say, oh, my battery ran flat. I haven't got my phone with me. So they thought, well, what's the next best thing we can do? Let's make sure that they've got their work emails on their home phones. Because they always have their home phones with them, they will be able to access. If I opened up my screen, there will be a red icon there telling me that I've got emails from work. There are times I'm waking up I'm having to reply to emails in the middle of the night because my director sent me something and she wants an answer by 9 o'clock. And that is just the world that we live in. So we've got into a world where we're an app world and we can't do without it. If someone leaves home and gets to the train station and their phone's at home, they would come back home for it. I wouldn't. But that's the world we live in. So the question is, you know, I'm blessed, Pastor uh, Pastor E. I've sat in his classes a few times. When you're faced with situations like this, what do you do? You go back to the beginning. How did this all start? And that was what I did. So, the question is: what is a mobile app? And how was it developed? I did a bit of research on it. All right. So, just simply speaking. It's a computer-generated program designed and developed to run on iPhones, smartphones, tablets, and many other gadgets, like (laughs) your iPads or tablets that people, different companies now produce. It says the first smartphone was announced for the general use by IBM in 1993 and was equipped with the features like the calculator, world clock, calendar, and phone book. Some of us remember those, don't we? The BlackBerry smartphone was released in 2002 and was the next major achievement in the field of mobile applications developed and integrated with the innovative concept of the wireless email. So basically, that's the foundation, and that's what it was when they first started. So if you go on to the next slide, who remembers this? Well, the younger generation don't. But we remember these were the first phones we had. We called it, I called it the brick. Pardon me? They call it yam. Yes. <laughs> but those were the first phones that we, w- that we had. It was to make a phone call, to receive a phone call, to send a text, to receive a text. End of story. And you could only use it within certain times. I remember being on a contract with one-to-one, when you could only make calls between 7 in the evening and 7 in the morning. And that's where it all started. But now, where are we? We're there. And that's just within a few years. So if you were to go out with your phone, you don't need money. You don't need anything. Apart from your car keys, if you've got those. But you can pay for anything and everything. Your train tickets, your in the shops, everything you need, you can do with your phone. I got an email a few days ago, Android Pay. I said, right, that's yet another one. But that's the world that we live in today. Now, let's have a look at the next slide. There are all sorts of tablets out there. My phone company phones me at least once every two months. You know, you can have a tablet that connects to you, get so many gigs, you get so many minutes, you get so many. But how many of these applications do we actually use and we pay for them? And a lot of those applications zap up the battery life of our phones. So we're ending up having to pay more for what we don't use. And don't we have that with TVs? We buy TVs that have all these... Applications and gadgets, and we don't use them. So, today, um, well, just on the next slide, that's just some of the statistics that we have on iPhones. There's the, the one for iPhone, total iPhone application, there's been 30 billion downloads on those. And um, for Android, there's been 15, 15 billion. So, it says the average user has 30, uh, 41. Applications and that was as at November last year. So you know what it can be this year. I don't know what it is now, but there isn't any updates for what it is now. Now, with all this said and done, if we go on to the next slide, and who, kn- who knows what that is in terms of, you know, the world we live in, it's a disclaimer. Now, to everything the world gives you, there is always a disclaimer. I go on the, you know, when I go to work I- in the morning, I look around, and see I, I love pictures, as you can tell. But I observe what's around me a lot, especially when there are adverts or warnings. And when you're on the train station, you can see the, ad- uh, the warnings there, mind the gap. You know, there's a, one that says, fast trains always approaching, a hazard. And there's always a disclaimer, because this is the world system. And what does that mean? It does basically means that if you get yourself into trouble, we are not responsible. If you go on the train track and you get hurt, we are not responsible. If you don't mind the gap, we are not responsible. They might even end up suing you upon the injuries that you have. So today, I want to talk to us about yet another application. Who's ready for another app? And I'm going to talk to us about the first application that there was, because we all feel that the application world started in 1993, but it was God's concept. The first application was started by God, and I call it the live application. So if we take a look, if we open our Bibles to John chapter 8, and we'll read from verse 50 John eight verse fifty to fifty eight, please.
0: John eight, fifty to fifty-eight. And I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks and judges. Most assuredly I say to you, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never see death. Then the Jews said to him. Now we know that you are a demon. Abraham is dead and the prophets. And you say, if anyone keeps my word, he shall never taste death. If are you greater than our father Abraham, who is dead, and the prophets who are dead, do you make your, who do you make yourself out to be? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father who honors me. Of whom you shall say that he is your God, yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do know how, I do know him, and keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he said, and he saw, and he saw it, and was glad. Then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old and you have seen Abraham. Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before before Abraham was, I am. Amen. Amen. Can
1: you repeat that last bit?
0: Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am.
1: Amen. Before Abraham was, I am. Now the linguists would say that is not incorrect English in the grand scheme of things. How can you say before Abraham was, I am. But he's speaking there in the present tense, right? We all know the story. Jesus taught at every opportunity that he had. And here he was teaching again, and the Jews were so ready for him that they were ready to stone him. And they said to him, how can you tell us? You're not even 50 years old. And you're saying to us that you know Abraham. Abraham has been dead long ago. And you're saying that you knew, you knew him, and you were there, and you are there. So he's a God who was and is and is to come. He is the beginning and the end of our lives. So with that, I mean, that in itself gives me enough assurance that, you know, God was the one that invented the first application. Because his application remains the same it never changes he was there with the father and the holy spirit right from the beginning when he said let us make man in our own image after our own likeness let us give man dominion and that dominion he has given unto each and every one of us for as much as we are children of god we have that dominion We can speak the same things Jesus spoke into existence. He is saying to us, I am. Not that I was. Not that I'm going to be. He says, I am. So that means today, Jesus is still the I am. Tomorrow, he will still be I am. Not I will be. Yesterday, he is the I am. And that was what he said to Moses. When he sent Moses, and Moses said, Who should I say has sent me? He says, The I am that I am. Jesus Christ is always in the present tense. He is always in the boat. He is always in the situation. Whatever it is that you're going through, He has not fallen asleep, He hasn't fallen off His throne. He is still there with us today. And tomorrow for Jesus will be today. Whatever it is that we're going through. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's have a look at another app. I call this one the application for direction. And that's in Isaiah 42.16.
0: Isaiah 42.16. Amen. Amen. Reads. I will bring the blind by a way they did not know. Amen. I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crooked places straight. Hallelujah. These things I will do for them and not forsake them.
1: And I will not forsake them. Actually, can you take a few verses back? Have a look at the have a look at verse verse nine. Mine? Verse nine. Amen. There's a bit there that I like
0: verse 9, Isaiah 42 verse 9. Behold, the former things have come to pass. Amen. And the new things I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them.
1: Amen. Before they spring forth, I will tell you about them. The world applications, you don't know about them until they land in the app store. You don't know about them until they land in Google Play because they would say that they w- they would need to have them tested they would need to run all sorts of you know testing on them before they eventually release them onto into the market but god is saying to us that before i before what is there, what is it again I'm sorry
0: before um the former things have come to pass yep, before and new things yep. I declare, before they spring before forth. Before
1: they I spring forth. That's the word I was looking for. Before they spring forth. So while they're still there in the ground, while God is still working behind the scenes, in the spirit realm, he is showing us everything. He says, I will show you the things to come, declares the Lord. And that is the God that we serve. So in that respect, he said, I would give you direction for life. And I will not forsake them and this is the god speaking through the prophet isaiah i would lead the blind and to each one of us that if we do not know christ we are blind but he said i would lead the blind by the way he should go every crooked path so what is it in our lives that are not that is not working well let's connect to the application of life let's connect to god knowing that once we are connected to that application, we will be led along the path of righteousness. The app of life says it will teach us all things. And that's in John 14, verse 26 and 27. Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. John 14, verses 26 and 27. Amen. Amen. Reads the helper, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives I give, I give to you let not your heart be troubled, Amen. neither let it be afraid
1: Amen. Amen it says the Holy Spirit our helper our advocate, our stand by. When Christ left, He did not leave us on our own. He made sure that we were well taken care of. He made sure that we we're well equipped. And all each one of us have to do is plug in, plug into the Spirit of God. Say, Father, in this situation, I call upon you. You are there. You are my very present help in the time of trouble. You are the one that I can go to in any situation that I've confr- that, that confronts me. In the good times, in the bad times, in the system of the world, when the bad times come, what do they do? There's a disclaimer. With the Holy Spirit, there's no disclaimer at all. He's always there. And he said, I will teach you to each one of us we've, b- we've been to school. And if we, have, if we don't go to school, we don't, we, we don't have that knowledge base. You cannot give a five-year-old a project for a university student. There's no way they'll know what to do. You can't even give them something for a secondary school student because they have not been taught. But God is saying to us, I will teach you not just some things, I will teach you all things Everything that you need to know, I will teach you. Everything that you need to have, to have, to know to have a godly life, to live on planet Earth, I am prepared to teach you. And all we need to do is have our spiritual ears open, our hearts receptive, and for us to be a doer of the word. Amen? The Bible says he will give us all things. And that's in 2 Peter 1 3. Everything that we need. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. 2 Peter 1 3. Yep. Reads, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue.
1: Amen. He says, His divine power, his divine power has given us everything everything that we need to live a godly life. So if we haven't got everything that we need, we know where to go. Because we have already been given. And like he said earlier on, he says, I am. So it's not as if, oh, you know, he's going to give it to us. We have to do something for him to give it to us. He says, I have given you. That is already in the past tense. That he did at the cross of Calvary. For each and every one of us, the price was paid, and it was paid in full. You know, we, we, there was a time that I used to ha- make this joke, you know, when men go and cut their hair, and they cut part of it, and they leave part of it, you know, uncut. I used to ask the question, did you not have the full price to pay for the barber? So he cut part of it and left part of it. But Christ did not do that. He, everything was paid for in full. And that was already done. So we can take that to the bank. We can stand upon those words that, Father, you have already paid for this situation. You have paid for me for everything that pertains to God, to a godly life for me. Now, if we're living a life that is less than godly, he's not paid for it. There's mercy, there's grace, but he hasn't paid for it. Hallelujah. The next slide says there is no disclaimer. And that's in 1 John, n- John 1 9. You know, like I said earlier on with, with the slide of the disclaimer, if we break the law, we'll go to prison. There's no ifs, there's no buts. You either go to prison, you either get a fine, fine for it. So there is a penalty that you have to pay. But one beautiful thing about the God that we serve is that when we mess up, he doesn't throw us away. There's forgiveness. And that's why First John 1 says, he says, if we will confess our sins, and that is the only condition. We have to go before God. We have to say, Father, I have messed up. And he wouldn't say to you, okay, why right, you've messed up. You're on your own. We have to go to him. Unfortunately, what tends to happen most of the time is when we mess up, we run away from God. And we should be running to God because he's the only one that would always be there for us. His arms are wide open. We know the story of the prodigal son. He went away. He went on his journey. He did his own thing. But when he came to realization, the Bible says, he came back to his father. And what did his father do? He welcomed him with open arms. So if, a, if, if an earthly father can do that, how much more? Our own father, he longs to see the sinners come back to repentance. The Bible says he wishes above all that all will come back to repentance and live a godly life. So when we break the law, he uh, he doesn't have a disclaimer. The Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and is a just God to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. When we, when we fall into that gap that we've been warned against, when we do the things that we're not supposed to do, that's why we have that live application. The application of God. The application that says, I will be with you always, not just sometimes, but always. We have an application that deals with viruses. And boy, have I had a few of those on my computer. Amen. Luke 10 19. Hallelujah. You know, when, when, when there's a virus on your, on your PC, I mean, you're, you're, you're basically handicapped. When there's a virus on your, on your phone, there's a virus on your tablet, there's not much you can do about it. And what tends to happen a lot of times is if you've not backed it up with another application, then you lose everything that's there. And I'm sure you'd agree with me that all these things do cost money because you, you have to buy some of the applications or you buy something else to back up some of the applications. So in one way or another, you're having to pay out. So the same money that you get paid on the job is being filtered away from you gradually. Now, someone might say, but some of those applications we download are free. Yes, they are free on the surface of it. However, when you make use of it, it's beca- it gets paid for somehow. And I'm sure those who work in the uh, sort of like app stores would know that, you know, you pay for it somehow because they bank on the fact that you are going to use them. I could go on my phone and, you know, other stuff from Max and Spencers because it's so easy to use. And those are the things they bank on. So somehow I am paying and somehow to all of us that use applications, we are paying somehow for it. So when there's a virus, what do we do? We phone up the techie guys. And they charge us to come and fix the virus on, our, on, on, on whatever device it is that we have. But with the things of God, God has already given us a way to deal with those viruses. Amen. Amen. Luke 10, 19.
0: Luke 10, 19. Hallelujah. <coughs> Behold. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you.
1: Amen. Amen. So God is saying to us, when those virus do appear, you already have the answer. When those situations arise, you already have the answer. Make use of your authority, the authority that you have in Christ Jesus. And then uh, the thing is, the, the reason the enemy, you know, slaps us back and forward sometimes is because we do not know the authority that we have in him. We don't know what to do when situations arise. And that's why it's important for us to equip ourselves before the situations arise. For those of us who are studying, if we have an exam, we don't wait until the exam day before we study. We study before the exam, so that when those questions come, we know the answers. And that's why it's important that we study to show ourselves approved. A workman, study ourselves to show ourselves approved. Unto God, not unto anyone. We're not showing off to anyone. It's unto God. And it's so that when those situations come, We know how to deal with them. We have those scriptures. We have the word. There are times in our lives when situations come, and you don't have the time to pick up your Bible. It's the word of God that you have on the inside of you, that you have already studied, the word of God that you've prayed about, the word of God that you've held on to, that you're able to use against the vials of the enemy says, I've given you authority to trample upon serpents. I'm sure a lot of us, if we see serpents, we'll run the other way. I've seen a snake once and I've run the other way. A scorpion. But these are just figurative words. It doesn't literally mean, you know, actual serpents. It's things that could sting us. Scorpions sting. Situations of life come and they sting. Some, Some sting more than others. But what God is saying to us is that you have the authority to deal with these situations. Don't allow the enemy to toss you toe and fro by every wind of doctrine. When you have the word, you can deal with the situation. And are we going to go through situations in life? Yes, we are. Because Jesus said it. He said, the things that they've done to me, they would do to you also. But we already have the authority. We already have the Holy Spirit. We know what to do when these situations arise. We have the app of life. And someone will say, yeah, but I do have a Bible app on my phone. Yes, I do have a Bible app on my phone. question is, how well do we use it? How often do we use it? How often do we use the live application? Does that live application deal with our finances? Does it? Does it deal with our marriages? Does it deal with our children? We have a live application that deals with every situation that we could ever go through. Because the Bible says, I've given you all things that pertain to life and to godliness. So if there's anything that you are going through in your life, and the answer isn't in the Bible, that will make God an unfair god, wouldn't it? Because that means he has not made provision for those situations. And if he has not made provision for those situations, and you don't know how to deal with those situations, and you mess up in those situations, that means that you cannot be held responsible. But it's for each one of us that has confessed Christ as Lord and Savior to find what the word says concerning the situation that we could ever encounter. And there are times when people around us encounter situations. And what we need to do is to go and find a word for them. We might say, yeah, but it's nothing to do with me. But we have a responsibility to reach out to those people. So if it's not something that we're facing personally, if somebody around us, and I'm sure there are enough people around us, facing situations that will make us study the word of God, to be able to reach out to them. Because we are all called to be ministers of the gospel. We are all called to go out into the world. We all have the great commission assignment on us. We all have a calling upon our lives. It isn't until you stand behind the pulpit and hold a mic that you are called. You are all ministers in one respect or another. If you know somebody else, you are a minister. It's as simple as that. In we are told, if you have breath in you, you are a minister. There are a lot of dying people out there. There are a lot of people out there that need our help. There are a lot of people out there that longing for the truth of the word of God. That need to know that Jesus loves them. The reason we're in our secular jobs is not just for us to go and earn the money and leave. The reason we're there is so that we can also reach out. But God knows that we have our bills to pay. And that's why we get paid while we're there. But we're also ministers. There was a, I think this must have been Monday or Tuesday, a lady at work called me and said, oh, John, can I have a word with you? And I said, yeah, sure. And we found a room. And she said, I would like you to pray with me. I'm being made redundant today. And I wasn't sure if I've made the right decision in terms of, you know, accepting it. There were two of them that had to fight for their jobs. So she was gracious enough to say, I'll take the redundancy so that the other person can keep her job. And that really, really touched me. But the point I was making is, if she did not know that I was a Christian, she wouldn't call me to come and pray with her. Anywhere we are, people need to see Christ In us, wherever it is we go. Xavier was talking about uh, when he was at work, and somebody said, "You know, there's something different," and that's what people need to say about each one of us. There's something different about you. You know. So, as as I round up, I'll just summarize. You know what the life, the benefits of the live application. It says it, it deals with both spiritual and physical situations. And I call it, it's a, a one-stop shop. For those of us who go, to, who go to Asda, you go to Asda and you can almost find anything in Asda now. And there are a lot of shops like that. But the live application is a one-stop shop. It's for everything that we need. The live application is free. But it wasn't cheap. It took the blood of Jesus. You know, in the world sense of it, when something's being given out for free, people don't value it that much because they think, oh, well, it's cheap. That's why it's being given out. But the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, though free for us, was never cheap. That was the most expensive price that was paid for each one of us. The live app has no expiration date and does not need any regular updates. I found that, I I can't remember, I think it was an iPod I had in those days that I I needed to update. And I didn't update it for quite a while. And it got to a point that I had to reset it back to factory setting. The live application is not like that. It doesn't need any of those. The live application is fit for all ages. As long as you can read, as long as you know who Jesus is, the live application would work for you. You know, I was in Nigeria recently, and, you know, God bless my mom. I sent her a smartphone. And um, it was a big overture trying to teach her to use WhatsApp. You know, and you know, and bless her, she didn't grow up with it. She was happy with her Nokia, phone calls, text messages, end of story. I said, Mom, you know what, if you download WhatsApp, we can send you pictures, we can WhatsApp call you, it's free, you know. And you know, it took a while for her to understand how to use it. I mean, she does now. <laughs> she, she called Mickey the other day. But the point I'm making is, with the live application, whether you're five or you're 90, or you're, you know, you're very close to going back home to glory, the live application works for you. So why would we not connect to that? It's simple, it's easy to use, and it's very compatible. You know, some of the applications, if you're on Android, you can't use it. If, you're on, if you if you got a, a, an iPhone, you can't use it because they're not compatible. And I remember when I came, that was the first thing I said, oh, maybe it's not compatible. Because that's the way some of the applications work. But the live applications doesn't work that way. It's not bound by any legalities. The only thing you need to do is know Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And once you know Him, you're tuned in 24 7. Amen. The the, 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 the live application has no viruses. There are no viruses. The Holy Spirit's got no virus in Him, He's pure. and for each i mean when, when when even when the enemy tries to come in we've got we've got our weapon the word of god the sword of the spirit we know the word to use because the bible says the word of god is in our mouth it's in our heart it's in our mouth the word of faith which we speak and that's why we should not step out of the house without making sure that we connect to our live application. It, for most of us, the minute we get home at night, what do we do? We plug our phones in, making sure that when we move when we in the morning, it's on 100%. Do we do that with a live application? At what percentage is our live application? At what percentage is the live application in the morning when it should be full? At what percentage is it in the afternoon? At what percentage is it in the evening? Or is it 100% in the morning and then through the course of the day, it dwindles down? The live application is meant to remain at 100%. And that's why we have fellowship, because there are times in our lives when we're faced with situations, and we can't pray, and we can't pick up the Bible, but we can call for reinforcements. And Florence, reinforcements, eh? We can call for reinforcements. I heard you say that. That's why. (laughs) That's why we have the brethren, and we can call upon the brethren. To say, I'm facing this situation. Because they will be full. They will be at 100%. And they will help to lift us up. So that we can be full of the spirit of God. And lastly, the last live application. This battery does not run flat. It runs on full power from God. 24-7. Amen. So as I finish, as I say the live application, we need to stay connected to our live application. Thank you. God bless you all.
0: Thank you for listening. Join us for our weekly Sunday service at ten thirty AM at three three six Brixton Road. We hope you were blessed.